the failures of Joe Biden, the president of the United States, are growing. And certainly he did himself no favors with that horrifying speech just yesterday. He did himself no favors with a speech where he made the claim that we planned for every contingency and then admitted uh, that we didn't plan for every contingency. There was a lack of leadership. That was just massive. This leadership, especially when dealing with an enemy. Like the Taliban, which is the enemy, as much as China's an enemy and Russia's an enemy, Taliban, uh, global war on terror, uh, that is an enemy. Underestimating them leads to disaster. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. Leadership is needed. Do we have it? And where exactly do other leaders see the failure? Commander Kirk Lippold joins us right now, retired United States Navy. He was the commanding officer of the USS Cole. This was the guided missile destroyer, part of the U.S. Navy, that was attacked by Al-Qaeda October 12th in the year 2000 while it was being refueled in Yemen. 17 Navy sailors were killed, 37 injured. To then make sure that this destroyer didn't sink, to then make sure you are properly rallying those whom you have charge over, takes a certain skill and a certain leadership. Commander Lippold joins us right now. You can learn more about him at Kirk Lippold, L-I-P-P-O-L-D, KirkLippold.com. Sir, you watched President Biden speak yesterday. You heard his thoughts on staying in Afghanistan and, of course, that he not only has no regrets but claims to have planned for every contingency. Your initial thoughts when you first heard him? Well, when I first heard him, Tony, it was, I take full responsibility for blaming others, for ensuring that I don't take any heat for this, that all the failures were this, and then to turn around and try and blame President Trump for a decision he made and say, I had no choice when he's turned over virtually every other decision that President Trump made shows such an utter lack of leadership such an utter incomprehension of the strategic failure that this type of withdrawal represents. It was stunning to listen to him and also frustrating for the thousands of young men and women who served over in that country to try and give those people a better life and to see this failure unraveling. Let's get into a little bit of what he stated and, and got into. And he starts with, with a statement that we could agree or, or disagree with, which is the, the Afghan military needs to be able to protect and defend itself. They need to be able to protect and defend their nation. And we can only spend so much time in a place eventually we have to go. I would argue that that is not the area that people disagree with. But in your view, and a view we've heard, I'm curious about your view, but we've heard this from Senator Ben Sass of Nebraska, that we need to keep a light footprint in the area. Is, is that what is now part of American foreign policy, keeping a light footprint in a bunch of these areas to ensure that the bad guy doesn't get too uppity? Well, I think what you have to look at is that if you are going to commit yourself, which the United States has done, to be a world leader since World War II, then you have to pick and choose 
where you have footprints depending on your national security interests. Now, while President Biden in how this whole thing is unraveling in Kabul and Afghanistan right now bears the responsibility for how it's playing out, I also will look at it and say that the failures that we are witnessing are a failure for four presidents, Bush, Obama, Trump, and Biden, all refused to deal with the root cause of how the Taliban came into existence and continued to exist. Because let's face it, Pakistan is at the root of everything. They gave the Taliban safe haven. They gave them arms. They gave them territory from which they launched attacks that killed hundreds, if not thousands of Americans in that country. And yet we did nothing to go after Pakistan. For four administrations, for 20 years, we did not address the root cause. Oh, yeah, a few drone strikes now and then into the Northwest Territories. But at the end of the day, a nuclear-armed nation got away with killing thousands of Americans and had nothing. And if you look at Pakistan today, they're now cheering that the Taliban has taken over and chased the Americans off. How do you think Iran is looking at that right now? How do you think China is looking at that right now? They are well, we know for sure. to take advantage of us. We know for sure that China has already threatened Taiwan uh, over this, saying the U.S. is not here to help you. When we want to cross the strait, we're going to cross the strait and and take what it is we want to take because you belong to us. Speaking to Commander Kirk Lippold, retired U.S. Navy commanding officer of the USS Cole, when it came under attack by Al-Qaeda, you are somebody who understands Al-Qaeda uh, probably better uh, th- than most. And I don't make an argument about uh, Pakistan. But one of the things that we heard from from President Biden yesterday was uh, that he he would he doesn't regret the move to pull out. And I want to make sure that I I hear you. Should the United States be pulling out of Afghanistan in total? In total, absolutely not. And I'll tell you why, Tony. And this is this is something your listeners need to understand. If you look at where Afghanistan sits geographically, between China, Pakistan and Iran. It sits right in the middle of what is commonly referred to as the arc of instability. Being there, having eyes on the ground, being engaged with the local military and political forces gives you an insight that on-ground presence cannot be made up for. No amount of intelligence is ever going to substitute for that human intelligence you get by interacting with the people. So to have some type of footprint there is absolutely in our national security interest, and we should have remained. Now let's go part two, which is the part that Joe Biden didn't get to in his speech, and I would like to hear your thoughts on it. You know what it's like to have to try and save people when an attack has happened, and you have, I would only assume, plan upon plan upon plan of how to deal with things when you know there's a timeline, never mind when you get attacked uh, really out of the blue. We have U.S. uh, personnel regarding the embassy. We have Afghan personnel who've been helping the U.S. military who we know will be murdered by the Taliban if if they remain. Why wasn't this being handled in May and June and July? And 
why what it was your take when you realized that president biden wasn't going to discuss the failures of the exit in this speech i think when you look at it tony what i don't think president biden grasps right now is the fact that he is the president of the united states and is responsible for the safety of every american and right now with american lives in jeopardy when i got hit on that bomb I had to focus on two things. Nothing else mattered. What do I have to do to save my ship? And what do I have to do to save my crew? Right now, what President Biden is not focused on with 100% of his effort is, what do I need to do to get every American out of Afghanistan safely? And instead, he's back on vacation up at Camp David. His White House spokesman is enjoying vacation because, well, everyone needs a little bit of time to decompress and get away from the pressures of Washington. Not when there's a major international crisis going on where the credibility of the United States government is at stake in our ability to stand up for our national security interests. So right now, this president is failing our nation by not putting every resource necessary to get people out of that country. Talk to me about uh, two, two parts. How should the evacuation have taken place, considering there was going to be this pullout and we all knew that it was coming? And what should the president be doing if you were advising him right now? What I think the president should be doing is marshalling every single military asset and flying it toward Kabul to try and get as many Americans out. And I would do two things. One, tell the Pakistan government that if one American gets killed by the Taliban, we're going to hold their government accountable, as well as letting the Taliban know you will give safe passage to anyone, on, anyone that wants out. That includes the Afghanis, and that includes American citizens. And tell them, if one American dies, let me tell you, every piece of equipment that you've gotten, we will take it out, and then we will come over to Pakistan and do the same. Speaking of uh, equipment, talking to Commander Kirk Lippold, uh commander of the USS Cole when it was attacked by Al-Qaeda. Uh, we left behind a lot of hardware, sir. Uh, we left behind Blackhawks. We left behind uh, Scan Eagle drones. We left behind MRAPs and Humvees. This normal to you? Uh, we did the same thing in Vietnam, and unfortunately, I think our number one priority has to be let's get the Americans out, and then we take a look at the equipment that we think fell into uh, the Taliban's hands. And then we can see what we want to do with it. I, uh, I, I find myself staring at this, this uh, speech and just staring at these events and asking the following question. What if President Biden actually got bad intel? You had the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, Mark Milley, saying that this was going to work. Others saying that the Afghans could handle it. Just a month ago, there was President Biden saying oh, 300,000 uh, troops and so well equipped and they can handle it. I question the resolve of the U.S. military, not of the soldier, but of the leadership. Exactly how much culpability does today's leadership have and how far down the line do we need to go to change the culture that has now come to be? Or, or am I off base? You're not off base. You're, you're 100% spot on. And what the American need, people need to start demanding is that the senior leadership of the military needs to be held accountable for this failure. And we do so by firing every single one of these service chiefs. We do not need 
military leadership at the top who understands Washington more than they understand the troops in the field that they're supposed to be fighting and saving. Because right now, they've become so politically compliant, so politically acquiescent, so politically yes-man, that they no longer give best military advice to the commander-in-chief. They tell him what he wants to hear instead of what he needs to know. And consequently, American lives are in danger as a result. Commander Kirk Lippold, commander of the USS Cole, on October 12th in the year 2000 when it was attacked by al-Qaeda. Sir, I appreciate you taking uh, the time to be with us, and let's talk again soon. Absolutely, Tony. Thank you for having me on. And tell your listeners, and especially those that serve, hang tough. We will get through this. Done and done. Commander Kirk Lippold, I appreciate the time. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz.